Hello and welcome to the Every Child Every Day podcast. I'm your host Rob Arnold, and coming to you today at uh, we have made it to Friday after a very dif- difficult week, and we wanted to come to you today because things are rapidly changing uh, in our schools, and we needed to to get some some questions that our community is having. Uh, are having, and we want to provide you some answers. So I've asked our our resident COVID guru, Dr. William Wells, Assistant Superintendent, to join us, and we were we're gonna we're gonna pull some questions that we've been receiving, and they're frequently asked, and we're gonna try to give you some clarity and some answers. So please come back and join us. Right. Dr. Wells, thank you for for joining us. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Okay, so the first question um, that we've we we've received um, the most is probably why are we not doing virtual or why are we not providing uh, ARA like we did last year? And so, what you need to to realize is that last year we had waivers from the state. That allowed us to go to school for less time. Uh, it allowed us to not have students in school every day. Um, and we had far fewer students in our schools. That allowed us to pull teachers from the school to work in the ARA. Now, in the spring of last year, a law was passed in the General Assembly requiring all public schools to to have in-person learning for five days a week all day long. And so no longer do we have those waivers and no longer do we have the option of not being in school. And so when we have students in school and we have a lot of students in school, we have to have all of our personnel for the in-person learning. We can't pull people to do other jobs. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, it, it would require uh, more resources than we currently have. And so that that is the explanation for why we're not doing an ARA or a virtual option. There is a virtual option. It's Virtual Virginia. And un- unfortunately, uh, they have closed their um, registrations. But they will open for new enrollment for uh, the second semester, and I, I, I can't say right now, but it doesn't seem like they're going to um, allow any more students into virtual Virginia this semester uh, because for them, it would require them to also add more teachers, and there are not a lot of them out there right now. So just wanted to give you that information on virtual Virginia, um, ARA, those kinds of things. Um, so I'm going to jump into more more kind of COVID, our, our recent experience and our, um, our closing of the school facilities at the secondary schools and what the plan is to, to come through that. And so first thing I want to talk to Dr. Wells about is the, um, the testing and vaccination clinics that will be held on Tuesday. So if you can go through some of that information, that would probably be helpful too. All right, thank you. So on uh, Tuesday, 
the 31st, we will have vaccine clinics at Amherst County High School and Manelson Middle School. They'll run from 12 o'clock noon to 8 p.m. Uh, there's a registration for that. We ask people to register just so we can plan ahead to know how many people we're expecting at any given time so you don't get there to be 500 people. We just have some time slots for you. We do have enough time and enough space to, and, and tests to to test everybody who needs to get it. We can do about 4,000 tests that day. So any elementary student who needs to, who wants to get it or elementary teacher, but we're requiring this, you know, for our high school, our secondary school folks, our middle school and high school people, as well as our staff, they need to get tested. Uh, we're doing this, again, from the safety standpoint that everybody's basically, to a degree, been exposed or considered exposed. That's why we had to close the schools now. And uh, to, to just do it, the remote learning, so to speak, and close those facilities. So as a result of that, we, we the health department is saying we should get everybody tested. And so that's what we're going to work towards. Um, if people choose not, if students choose not to get tested, uh, they can't come back to school until September 7th. Those who get tested can return to school on September 2nd. So they just need to make sure they understand that. Tested and tested, tested negative. Tested and testing negative. Yeah, there yes, you go. Sir. If yes. they test positive next Tuesday, then they're going to have to contact the school right. and go yes. through the same process they yes. would now. If it's a positive test, then we would go through our, our testing procedures and standards in which they have to do their 10 days out and be symptom-free before returning. If they test negative, they can return on the 2nd. And, again, if they don't test, it's not until September 7th that they can return to the building. They will still have to do the online instruction through the 7th. So if people need to know where to access the the vaccination and test, uh, it's a survey that uh, they would need to register. Where would they do that? So they need to go to the Amherst County website, and uh, they can go on there, and it should be a link on the COVID page of the website. Just go to Amherst County Public Schools website, go to the COVID page, and there's a site there you can click on. It takes you into the into the uh the registration process and how to do that and you can select your times again we're doing a, we're trying to do about 150 tests every 30 minutes at both locations that's the slots we have uh, we have a company from uh as contracted to the state of virginia to the vdh is going to be doing these tests for us and they'll be doing the test and they it's a turnkey operation they'll come in with the health department they'll do the test they'll take the test to their lab they'll run the results and 24 hours later we'll have the results so that's the type of, it's a PCR test, just so you know. Um, this test is considered a PCR test. So it has to go to a lab and go through that cycle. Then it comes back to us with the results. And the health department will contact people, but also we'll get the results. Our school nurses will get the results of that information, and we can start working on, on our end as well. Okay. So let's see. Another, another set of questions that are around a certain topic is when I have symptoms do i need to test if you have symptoms you should get tested yes what if i'm vaccinated there are a lot of breakthrough cases in our area and a breakthrough case is someone who's vaccinated who has tested positive for covid 19. so the breakthrough cases right now in our part of the state around 20 percent of all cases are breakthrough cases according to the vdh so those 20 percent of cases um, are breakthrough now what they're telling us is most of the breakthrough cases are not as severe so people aren't being hospitalized or going into the intensive care units but they are sick and they are contagious so you could be vaccinated feel decent but, but just feel feel a little off but you have some of those symptoms so you need to get tested because those breakthrough cases are out there and you are contagious 
And the Delta variant um, is, you know, two to three times more contagious than the original variant that we had back in the fall and winter. So, you know, one person can infect nine people very easily if, you know, if they're around those folks. So just get tested. If you have symptoms, get tested. Let me go back to the testing clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have said something like the, the registration is required of students. It's actually, it, they can choose to take right. the test, uh, but they can't return if they don't take it until September, September 7th. So right. they would be missing one, two. And and the expectation then would be that they're still going to be in school. Yes. You know, they, they're going to have to log in like they're doing right now. Right. Okay, good. So also, if parents want to test their child prior to Tuesday, do they have that option? Yeah, so if a parent wants to take their child to their health care provider or to a Walgreens or a CVS and do that test, they can. Um, the test would need need to be dated for the students. Um, we can go, if they were tested, like we put some students out of school last week because mm-hmm. they were quarantined, and we told them to get tested. If they've been tested since the 23rd of August and have not been back in school since then, then they would not need to retest. They just need to bring us the results to the school nurse, show us the results so they can return to school. So from today on, if they can go get tested and the results are negative, it can be a PCR test or an antigen test. The VDH just approved us to allow antigen tests, which is the rapid test um, for students. So they can have either one of those and they have documentation showing it's negative and the date is after the last day that child was in school, then we will accept that. We prefer it to be through, we like it to be through our clinic. It's free. Yeah. So why spend the money on it if you don't have to? But if you want to go to your healthcare provider or someone else, you have that you have that option. Um, but we'll take either test, but the needs be dated um, after they've been out of school. We can't go be up before that. So they're the at-home kits as well, right? Yeah, we, they, we can't use those. Is that we correct? can't accept the at-home tests just because we don't we can't verify that they actually right. did it correctly gotcha. or that the actual student who was being tested is the one that's coming to school. So uh, people, not the, you know, sometimes people will stretch a little bit just to get their kids back. So we need to have verification that that person is actually the one who tested. Okay. So um, we get a lot of uh, these uh, questions about siblings. So if a student is at the high school and they were a close contact and they were quarantined, but he has a another another sibling at an elementary school, what should that child do? So if if we put somebody out of the high school and they have a sibling who is not a contact with anyone, that sibling can still go to school unless the brother or the person we put out at the high school is showing symptoms. Once that person starts showing symptoms, do not, please, do not send that other child to school because they could be contagious at that point. So I would say if someone's showing symptoms, keep the child home, um, just keep the siblings home, everyone else stays home. If there's no symptoms, they're just out precautionary, and their their, their sibling goes to, to another school, they can come to school. Okay. So here's one that um, there are different versions of this, but basically what do I do if my child has a medical condition um, and the possibility of a mask, uh, a face covering is is it's going to be a hindrance. What do I, what do I do? So first thing I contact my school nurse and contact the nurse at their school, let them know your concerns. 
They can talk you through some possibilities. Um, if we can't get resolu resolution there, there, there is some process we will go through to evaluate, and we'll need some t something from a doctor for this process because it is a medical condition. And if a doctor states a person does not need to wear a face covering or a, fa or a mask of some type, we can go for a different type of face covering, for example, this face shield. Um, and there are some that just have ish conditions that can't they can't wear either, and we will work with you on a case-by-case -case basis. But we need some documentation from your medical professional indicating that is the reason. Great. Okay, thank you. Let's see. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, what's happening now when your students, and this is specifically for the high school students, but uh, it, it can work for the elementary students that are in quarantine. Because of that law, we still have to provide school. And if you're quarantined, we are now using our, our Google Meet and our Canvas to do synchronous learning every day. So what that means is, is that the instruction should be live. And so if it is uh, your child has a block, first, first block at 8 o'clock, and they're at home, we expect them to turn the computer on at home, log in, go to their Google link, and start class with the teacher. Right now, our teachers are sitting in empty rooms doing this, but in some cases, uh, if you're quarantined, say at the elementary school and not the whole class is not quarantined, then they're doing a dual thing. They're, they're doing uh, to the in-person kids, and then the at-home students will be watching through a Google Meet. So um, that is the requirement. Uh, if you don't, you are absent. That's how it's going to be. Um, coded uh, for the state, and so we don't want you to be missing that. So, but we understand that there sometimes there are technology needs, and so if there's something wrong with your Chromebook, if you need a hotspot, uh, please contact your school to get that information. Uh, that or give them that information. Uh, we we have a, a great group of people in our technology department. They'll they'll quickly help you out with that. Let's see. Oh, this is my favorite question. What can I do to help? All right. So we appreciate people asking us that. Um, and and we've, we've, we've gotten to this point, um, and we've worked really, really hard to get to this point. Uh, but as you know, things didn't, didn't work out the way we had planned. Uh, so what we need our community, our staff, our students, we need you guys to be diligent in following mitigation strategies in school and out of school. And the number one, the most important thing you can do to help is if your child has symptoms or is sick, please keep them at home. Uh, the Delta variant is a lot more contagious and as you can see, it runs pretty quickly through, through a building. And so our goal, and I think you all can agree with us, our goal is to have students safely in school all year. Um, so, and we're required to do that. So the first thing you can do is help with that. Please support your child in, in doing appropriate things when they're not in school, uh, keeping them distant outdoors, preferably, uh, now that it's it's still not a cold season yet. And so 
um, that would be helpful. But we need in the building mitigation strategies, and we need mitigation strategies in our community. That would certainly uh, be helpful to us. Uh, the other is stay in communication with your teachers, with your school, um, you know, especially when you're at home. Uh, we need we need that open line of communication going back and forth, and it and it kind of clears things up. I think the other thing, and we tried we started this 18 months ago. You know, when I first started talking to everybody, uh, I said, if you don't hear it from me, then it's not the official statement, right? Uh, because there are lots of rumors. There are lots of theories. There are lots of things that get passed around out there, and we hear a lot of them. And I need, I need this community to know that when Amherst County Schools makes a decision or needs something or is requesting something, it should come from me. And that's how our communications are set up. Um, and so I'd, I would appreciate uh, that you, you kind of take what I say is these are the things that we are doing, um, not that somebody posted it on a Facebook page. Um, that, that doesn't make it official, okay? I make it official. And so I would appreciate uh, that bit of, of um, understanding. And let's see, Dr. Wells, is there any more on mitigation strategies that you think people have asked or, or vaccinations or tests or anything like that? So I think from the mitigation standpoint, uh, you know, outside, when they run around outside, we don't have the mask off, and we're trying to give mask breaks to students, and so they understand that. Right. So when kids go outside, you know, as long as they keep, they should, you know, have the mask off. They should be distant from people. Try to be a little distant from people outside. I know when they have first graders running around at recess, it's kind of hard to do that because they need that time outside. They need that time together, and some play and some downtime. We understand that. So masks are off, but that also means they're getting a closer contact with each other during them. So when they're eating lunch and eating breakfast in the classrooms together, sometimes. That requires us to have to quarantine a class, whereas at the upper levels where they're wearing masks more and not eating with each other or other grades when they're not eating with each other as much, I, ha I don't have to quarantine quite as many people in a classroom. So it's really kind of situational dependent when we quarantine somebody or a class or whatever. We have to look at each case. We go through each case. We go to the classrooms, look at seating charts, and make those determinations. So it's not just a check the box, they're all gone type thing or whatever. So we look at each case, and it takes us about probably, I don't know, sometimes an hour, two hours to make a determination on some of these cases. So we're getting 17 cases a day, like we did mm -hmm. um, Tuesday. That requires a lot of our time to do that, but we want to go through each one and yeah. spend the time on it. Yeah, and that actually is the, and that's exactly the reason why we closed um, the building, uh, the high school originally is because we received a report of a positive case after nine o'clock. And when you don't have teachers around, you don't have bus drivers around, then it makes it very difficult. And so sometimes we will have to do a emergency closure. And it's usually for that reason. Yeah. And as far as the uh, clinic on Tuesday, I want to hit this again. So we will be offering the test and that'll be the PCR test. If people wish to get vaccinated, they can. They can sign up for that. Uh, the vaccine will be the Pfizer vaccine. We've been told by the uh, Blue, Ridge Medical, Blue Ridge Regional Emergency Services that we may be getting some Johnson & Johnson one dose, but we haven't confirmed that yet. But I know we're getting the Pfizer. And the Pfizer is good for people 12 years of age and over. And it's also just recently been approved by the FDA 
uh, as a, a full approval. So that, a couple things on that. But we are getting Pfizer, and again, and we may have some Johnson and Johnson. But um, you know, if you want, if people need to get vaccinated or have now decided to get vaccinated for 12 and above, we can take care of that for them. But the main thing is we have to get these tests done. Uh, that's our main priority, and the vaccines are just a bonus if you want to get it. Okay, great. All right, so I think that that covers a lot of the main topics that uh, we've been hearing. Uh, we we continue to ask you to uh, communicate with us when you have um, issues and things that you need clarification on. We are we're happy to do that. Um, I want to end by saying that you know with this COVID variant, that it is not only a school responsibility to keep schools open; it's our community's responsibilities to keep. St- schools open and we got to do this together you know because communities and schools are one in the same and what happens outside of our schools comes in our schools and so um, like I said before our number one goal is to have students in school healthy safe and we just need your help in doing that we really appreciate it um, I, I appreciate everyone who uh, is listening to this and uh, know that the staff here continues to be amazing they they have they they do whatever it takes uh to to take care of our children and our staff and so um i want to thank them publicly and i would like to wish everybody um health safety wellness um and we will see most of you on tuesday everybody have a great day thanks thanks